Welcome to the Daily DDT Podcast, part of the Fan Sided Podcast Network. Here's your host, Jaden Becker. New Jersey allowing fans, WWE and A&E, partner to announce TV series, and I take you through some major pro wrestling streaming services and the future of the WWE Network. I'm Jaden Becker, and this is the Daily DDT Podcast. You can catch this podcast on all your favorite platforms for your morning drive, lunch break, or whenever you need your wrestling fix. Make sure you subscribe on Apple Podcasts so you never miss an episode, and remember, you can ask your smart device to play the Daily DDT Podcast. If you like content like this, check out our writers at DailyDDT.com. And if you want to hear more from me, give me a follow on Twitter and Instagram at JadenBeckerTV. Last night was Impact Wrestling, but before we get into that, let's check out our news. New Jersey allowing fans, and these are allowing fans at sporting events, professional sporting events, and uh, subsequently professional wrestling. Uh, New Jersey Governor Phil Murphy announced this week that the state will allow a small number of fans at professional and college sporting events beginning Monday, March 1st. It was announced that sport venues with a capacity over 5,000 can allow a small percentage of fans to attend events. Indoor facilities are permitted to have a 10% capacity while outdoor venues are allowed to have 15% capacity. MetLife Stadium, home of WWE's WrestleMania 29 and 35, is allowed to have 15% capacity due to being an outdoor event. No roof on that, even though they probably should have a roof on MetLife, if I'm being honest. And the NHL's New Jersey Devils will be allowed to have 10% of their 16,000 fan capacity at the Prudential Center starting next week, which would be around uh, 1,600 fans in attendance. So, uh, Definitely a possibility. Definitely a possibility. Uh, we've seen discussion. Obviously, WWE goes over to the tri-state area all the time. They make their way around New York City, New Jersey, upstate New York, Connecticut, all that. Uh, you know, that sort of home base for the WWE. And then AEW, they also find their way upstate as well uh, with AEW and uh, for Dynamite. They're supposed to. I was supposed to go at the start of the COVID nineteen pandemic, uh, right before everything all melted down, if you will. Everything all broke down. I was supposed to go to uh, pretty much. It was going to be Brody Lee's debut for AEW, given the fact that it was in Rochester, New York, and I'm in upstate New York for college right now. I'm in Ithaca, New York, so it would have all worked out perfectly fine. But no, uh, COVID nineteen got in the way. But hopefully soon, hopefully soon, especially coming towards my area, because I now know New York as well, has lifted up some restrictions uh, when it comes to allowing fans at sporting events, going to have fans at Knicks games and uh, Nets games and all stuff like that. So uh, definitely could see WWE coming up north. Uh, but right now, uh, we still have to see what's going to happen after uh, baseball starts up because they're not going to be able to be at Tropicana Field no more because the Rays have to play there. So uh, they're going to have to find another way around. Wonder if they're going to go back to the Performance Center. Wonder what they're going to do. Uh, I can't go back to Amway because the Magic are playing there and the NBA season is going to have to run through that. So definitely going to be a tough situation for the WWE, but let's see where they find home base. Uh, next piece of news, and this is the WWE. WWE and A&E partner to produce new TV series. The first series will be a number of biographies focused on WWE Hall of Famers. The biographies appear to be done in the style of the ESPN's 30 for 30s. So you know how those 30 for 30s go. And uh, the best thing about those is that each one is 
made by a different director so we get a different take on what a documentary looks like, a sports documentary. So there's a ton of great 30 for 30s out there. There's even one about uh, Ric Flair that I thought was pretty well made, especially coming from a quote-unquote outsider perspective uh, idea of what it is to be a professional wrestler. So... Um, we all also saw how The Last Ride was made. That was a WWE Network production, but, uh, you know, documentaries recently, and not to mention, not to mention, Dark Side of the Ring from Vice. I mean, if you want to talk about documentaries about professional wrestling and stuff that really grabs the attention of a professional wrestling fan, more of the insider instead of the outsider, the Dark Side of the Ring stuff by Vice do a fantastic, fantastic job. But now, uh, I wonder if we're going to be towing the line there a little bit. Uh, We're going to see biographies of uh, Stone Cold Steve Austin, Rowdy Roddy Piper, Randy Savage, Booker T, Shawn Michaels, The Ultimate Warrior, Mick Foley, and Bret Hart. Uh, The Steve Austin biography are made by the same people that made the Last Dance docuseries on the Chicago Bulls. And, you know, that series was really well put together. And now I would like to see what they would do with Stone Cold Steve Austin. Obviously, I don't think they were following Stone Cold Steve Austin like they were following Michael Jordan in his that last run with that uh, dynasty squad with the Chicago Bulls. But they could have that sort of same idea where you're following Stone Cold Steve Austin uh, through... Uh, WrestleMania 17, I believe, it's WrestleMania. Yes, it was WrestleMania 17 with with his last match with The Rock. And I, I wonder if they have film from that, film from backstage as that as well. So anything that they can do in that sense, I feel like would be nice. Or if they do a full life uh, docu documentary on Stone Cold Steve Austin as well, that would be nice. But uh, I I really want them to dig deep. I don't want them just to scrape the surface of it. You know, give me a real something that I learned out of this docu documentary, not something that you know that we all know and love about Stone Cold. We all know where he came from. We all know his story. You know, give me something new. Give me something really to dig my teeth into. That's what I would really really appreciate. Uh, there's also going to be a second series entitled WWE's Most Wanted Treasures, and this focuses focuses on uh, iconic lost WWE memorabilia so they didn't really go into deep discussion about it but uh, I, I re- that's a really good discussion to have like what memorabilia from professional wrestling is no longer found or missing or hanging up in someone's shop or in someone's bedroom you know I, I would really like to see that as well because I'm trying to think like what memorabilia really is missing because we all know WWE has that huge warehouse of a ton of props that have been used through the years and years and years and recycled and used in different ways uh, I'm very curious on what is actually truly lost uh, both shows will premiere on Sunday April 18th 2021 on a now looking towards last night's impact wrestling uh, the card started off pretty strong with Jake something versus Diener in a tables match funny enough the past two weeks the, the match I was most looking forward to on the card uh, last week being TJP versus Josh Alexander for the X division championship now this week Jake something versus Diener in a tables match they both started the show so one okay yeah I like it in a sense because it really gets a show going but at the same time like I, I, I wouldn't say that this match is as main event quote-unquote material, especially how the show progresses, but uh, I, the start of the show, okay, fine. Maybe maybe I could take it off the chin and, and uh, I'll be able to accept it. Um, something uh, tries to bring a table inside and is counter, countered. Tables are propped up in the corners of the ring. Uh, tables are then propped up on the outside and then flipped upside down for Diener to choke something 
with his, the legs of the table. When I say something, I want to make sure everyone knows I'm talking about Jake something here. Uh, not just saying something because I don't know I don't know the name. It's Jake something. That's his name now. So I want to make sure that is clarified here as well. Uh, Jake something drives Dina through a table ringside with the black hole slam and something wins. And uh, I would have liked to seen Diener get the win here just to put him at one apiece, but now something is up 2-0 over Diener. And uh, I'm, I like, I remember, I wanted to see this feud get really, really deep and, and entrenched, but it looks like Jake something is really dominant and they're building him up really, really strong, which I also like to see as well, but at the sacrifice of a rivalry that I feel like could have been really built uh, at a high level, but I feel like it might have moved a little bit too fast for my taste. Uh, but if they really build Jake something into a next level guy and into a main event talent, which is something that they're kind of missing right now, uh, I would appreciate that as well. Uh, right after the match, Moose spears Jake something and once again making his impact on the show, uh, no pun intended, uh, waiting for his title match in the middle of the ring. Scott Demore enters. Uh, Scott Demore gets angry and cuts a promo on the TNA World Heavyweight Championship that Moose carries around, uh, which then Scott Demore officially recognizes as a legitimate title in Impact Wrestling, so putting it up as a title that physically exists, no longer like how the FTW title is on AEW, is really truly recognized on Impact TV, but then Damar gives his title match to Moose, but the, Moose, the title match is a little different, it's Moose versus Jake something for the TNA heavyweight title, so... I thought that was pretty awesome. I really enjoyed that. They recognized that title as something that they haven't recognized as a title for a good amount of years now since TNA uh, you know, turned into Impact Wrestling. So uh, I do appreciate it, and I do enjoy the fact that they are bringing something back in that flavor and that character, and they make Jake something look really, really strong here for having him go on to the main event, and we will see how strong Jake something looks in the main event. Trey Miguel, Josh Alexander... And Willie Mack versus Ace Austin, Chris Bay, and Black Taurus. The winning team face off in a triple threat match next week to find the number one contender for the X Division title. Uh, Willie Mack and Black Taurus put on a very athletic showing early on for two big guys. I thought they did a good job there. Uh, chaos ensues. Uh, Ace Austin connects with a modified Canadian Destroyer. Pinfall but is broken up. Chris Bay connects with the Art of Finesse to Willie Mack and wins for his team. So making the triple threat next week, Chris Bay, Ace Austin, and Black Taurus. Uh, for the number one contendership for the X Division title. So good match there. Uh, I, I don't do that match justice, but just by running through it that fast. But uh, I thought it was a very good match. And uh, I want to see Chris Bay uh, win this number one contendership match, but it's going to be tough, especially with Black Taurus filling the spot of where Sammy Guevara was supposed to be, reportedly. I'm, don't come, Don't quote me on that, but that is the dirt sheet rumors that have been floating around saying that Whatever Black Taurus is doing in the Impact recordings were supposed to be going to Sammy Guevara. And obviously all of that falling through as we see Black Taurus being involved here. And a shame to see, but uh, you know Black Taurus making the most of his moment. And Ace Austin, I feel like hasn't really gotten that good of a rub right now as it stands. Given the fact that he did win uh, the X Cup at Genesis... I felt like that already automatically put him in that number one spot for the X Division title to get that match. But, uh, you know, maybe he has to win another one. Maybe they, yeah, they're trying to really build him up strong. But uh, I would hate to see Chris Bay lose here. And I don't see 
Black Tarouche getting pinned either. So that that's going to be a fun way going forward, seeing how that all turns out next week. Because I'm genuinely intrigued, and I really can't tell who's going over uh, to face TJP for the X Division title. After the match, Trey Miguel is met backstage once again by Sammy Callahan. And once again, Callahan mentions Miguel's lack of passion. Miguel attacks Callahan backstage as the show fades to commercial. Uh, I thought this was good, and this is the first time Miguel has put hands on Callahan recently. And uh, they're going to have a feud going forward. They, uh, we expected this. We didn't really expect Miguel to get involved into the X Division Championship, given that he had this little something-something going with Sammy Callahan. So I can't wait to see them two have a match. Uh, Trey Miguel should go over there. Uh, Tony Khan and his uh, paid ad, quote-unquote, one of my favorite parts of the show as always. But this time, it's not only the Tony show with Tony Khan and Tony Schiavone promoting uh, tonight's, well, now tonight's uh, AEW Dynamite, uh, but he does bring some top stars with him. He brings uh, Britt Baker, Team Taz, Ryan Nemeth, Isaiah Cassidy, and Matt Hardy. So when you have that cast of characters there and you're standing in a TIAA Bank Field where the Jaguars, Jaguars play, you know, that, that was really nice. That was really nice. And uh, I'd like to see that. Tony Khan, once again, doing a great job uh, promoting his brand on Impact. And they really trash Impact a lot. And I'm surprised how much they get away with. I guess, you know, they get to do that when Khan allowed his top champion and one of the top wrestlers in the world at the moment, Kenny Omega, to appear on Impact and to appear on a pay-per-view. Uh, I guess, they, you know, you're kind of allowed to do that if you're, you're Tony Khan. You get to trash them for a bit. Even uh, Brian Cage, uh, who was a former Impact World Champion uh, with Team Taz in, in this promo in the, that back area mentioned talking about how the impact world championship hasn't been relevant since brian cage held it which i thought was pretty funny as well uh coming out of the paid ad uh Tenille dashwood backstage spying on havoc and nevea as they're having more issues and uh dashwood and caleb with the case still want to team with havoc havoc denies but we could see something in the future with those two teaming up but i doubt it uh, havoc and nevea though probably are splitting up uh, going forward, but this could be good for Havoc in a sense where it puts her in uh, knockouts title contention after beating Tenille Dashwood if they possibly have a match going forward. But I'm not sure what this does for Nevaeh either. Triple uh, XL versus the Good Brothers. Triple uh, XL's entrance, I always have a, a, a moment for. I like it the way the camera shakes when they're taking their steps, even though the camera shakes all the time for impact. I like the way that they intentionally make the camera shake for the entrance, trying to put some semblance of uh, creative idea there, which I thought was actually very nice. Uh, this match was made on uh, before the impact or BTI, and funny enough, it is on Twitch, so I do get to see it. I did not get a chance to watch a BTI for last night's episode of impact, uh, but I, I did know there was a, a match involved, and uh, but what's it called? It, it's a pre-show. Like, you got to consider it like a pre-show. So I do want to sit down and actually want to watch a full BTI when I do have the chance. It's I'm currently in college and I currently have a college class schedule that doesn't allow me to watch BTI at the moment. Uh, Larry D flashing the uh, Bullet Club hand symbol and uh, pretending to shoot the machine gun like Carl Anderson throughout the match, which I thought was. You know, a little tongue-in-cheek from Larry D, which was very cute. And a magic killer to Larry D for the victory. The Good Brothers uh, pick up the win. And they end up meeting Finn Juice backstage. And they get into the minds of the Good Brothers. 
once again talking about drinking and being hungover and stuff like that, rubbing Carl Anderson the wrong way. Uh, once again, uh, good tongue-in-cheek stuff. It wasn't uh, supposed to be too comedical, but it was supposed to get under the good brother's skin, and which obviously did the job. Uh, Finn Juice, obviously a fantastic tag team from New Japan Pro Wrestling. And uh, at one point, we are going to see a Finn, Finn Juice Good Brothers match on Impact. It's almost inevitable. You're going to have to see it. But I think that if it comes at Sacrifice, which is on March 13th, I, I don't, I'm not sure. But I think it also could come at Rebellion, which is in April, which is a ways away. I guess they can tell a more fuller story if they go that route. But uh, some people might want to see it sooner, which would be March 13th. Uh, Eddie Edwards versus Brian Myers, at least that was what was the, supposed to be the match. Uh, Myers enters with a lawyer on screen uh, describing uh, the unsafe work environment on Impact Wrestling and uh, also describing the irreversible eye damage that was done to Brian Myers. And he, he's been walking around with an eye patch lately, which I think is a nice touch, even though he has the eye patch slightly off kilter so he could also see out of the eye that he's covering, which I thought was funny as well. Uh, to replace Myers, of course, Hernandez will fight in his place. Uh, Eddie Edwards attacks Hernandez before the match by diving through the ropes onto the outside. Hernandez is dominant early on, but Edwards recovers and connects with the Boston Need Party to win. Eddie Edwards versus Brian Myers in an eye-for-an-eye match next week. That's what Scott Demore says, but no, not really, not really. Not going to have to experience that again. And actually, Impact did poke some fun at WWE there, saying that they were going to have an eye-for-an-eye match. Uh, and Scott Demore walked away laughing, saying, who would do that? Who would ever do that? Who would who would poke somebody's eye out on, on professional wrestling talent? They, they were poking some fun there. I thought that was very funny because... You know, when they first said it, I was like, oh my goodness, they're going to do an eye for an eye? The WWE production value was bad on that. I'm, I can only imagine what Impact's going to do for an eye for an eye match. But no, they didn't go that route. And actually genuinely made me laugh there in that situation. But Matt Cardona will be the special guest referee between the match between Eddie Edwards and Brian Myers next week. So that's also a fun twist that isn't as... Uh, as uh, maybe outrageous, some people will call it, isn't that out, as outlandish as an eye for an eye match. Susan and Kimberly versus Jazz and Jordan Grace, a number one contendership match for the Knockout Tag Team Championships, currently held by Fire and Flava. Uh, Perazzo attacks Jazz on the outside, but ODB saves running down the entrance ramp. Ref kicks out both ODB and Perazzo from ringside. Uh, Jordan Grace dominates on a hot tag, but Susan kicks out of a flapjack suplex. Uh, Grace Driver connects onto Susan, and Jazz and Grace win and are now the number one contenders for the Knockout Tag Team Championships. Uh, backstage, ODB, however, is found attacked and possibly done by Deanna Perazzo, which they were hinting at, and obviously probably is, done by Deanna Perrazzo. So, good match between uh, Susan and Kimberly, uh, Susan Kimberly and uh, Jazz and uh, Jordan Grace. I have a big soft spot for Susan. I think she's doing a fantastic job with this character. I think I've said this already for the past few weeks, but I still think she's doing a great job uh, drawing emotion out of a, a couple fans, whether good or bad, just want to see her lose or want to see her succeed. Most of them want to see her lose because of that Karen character, but at least it's drawing the emotion out, and coming from an Impact show, you don't really see it that often, that emotion, genuine, genuine emotion be drawn out of a, po a person seeing them, that person want to lose. So good on Susan and so far in, in, this, uh, in this run as, as this new Karen-esque character. I, I really give her props, even though some people, probably most people don't, but I do give Susan props there. 
Moving to our main event, Moose versus Jake something for the TNA World Heavyweight Championship. Not the Impact, the TNA World Heavyweight Championship, which early in the show, as I mentioned, was brought back into legitimacy. On Moose's entrance, Jake something attacks Moose. And this was breathtaking because not only, we all know in Moose's entrance, he has that spotlight raining down on him with everything else fade to black. So the only light in the room is on him, on Moose. Jake something attacks Moose from behind and then stands in that spotlight. Oh my goodness, what a fantastic, fantastic visual. I'm, I'm a sucker for, for great television moments. Great production moments for great cinematic type of ideas, even if it's obviously in a live frame. Something that looks visually pleasing and visually and metaphorically strong, that that, that took the cake for me. For to have, let's say they really are trying to build Jake something, to physically and figuratively as well, but physically steal the spotlight from Moose in that moment was beautiful. Absolutely beautiful. Very good on impact there. I thought that was fantastic. Um... As the moose becomes official, Moose is smiling in the corner, asking for more because Jake something was attacking Moose on the outside. Uh, moose dominates after the bell rings. Moose has a couple good kickouts early on, moving his body at the last possible moment. Uh, Jake something puts a valiant effort in, but Moose connects with a spear to retain the TNA World Heavyweight Championship. Rich Swan enters to save a beatdown onto Jake something, but security guards have to split up the two. And then Scott Demore enters, announces a match for the Impact World Championship at Sacrifice on March 13th. Now, am I a little upset that this isn't on the grandest stage for them? Well, not the grandest stage of them all, but one of the largest stages for Impact at Rebellion on true pay-per-view. Uh, uh, yes, I'm a little upset, but at the same time, I really, really, really want to see this match between Moose and Rich Swan, and I really want to see Moose go over and win the Impact World Championship. I think, once again, he genuinely deserves it after his performance at Hard to Kill. He stepped up to the plate and hit the ball out of the park. He was not supposed to be on that card. And then, once he became a member of that card after one of uh, the members of that team had to be removed... He stepped up to the plate and absolutely performed on the highest level, almost stealing the show from Kenny Omega. I've said this multiple times every time I bring up Moose. I think he deserves that Impact World Championship around his waist. Not just TNA, but the Impact World Championship. Absolutely good job by Impact Pro Wrestling. And I think that they, they, they're going to get... I'm going to give him a good grade in the show. I'm going to give him a good grade. And a uh, good grade for Impact. Uh, I'm going to give him a C+. Plus. Uh, I, I can't put them in the B's yet, but they're constantly going in an upward direction, uh, at least for the past few weeks. I remember a few weeks back, I had to give them like a D plus because the production value was so bad. It was I wouldn't call it unwatchable, but it was so distracting. It kind of bothered me. Uh, the go-home show for No Surrender, it was. Really, really bothered me for whatever reason. I, could, I just couldn't look past it. But uh, I, I'm genuinely happy with the show. I think they're moving in the right direction. I'm seeing what I personally want to see. You might not be, but I'm seeing what I personally want to see with Moose. And not only that, they're really building Jake something, which I also have a soft spot as well, given that he got his last name back, no longer Cousin Jake, turning into a person of his own and stealing that spotlight, that visual moment 
really took the cake for me. C plus, even maybe trending closer to a B minus, but keep it at C plus for now. We got to be safe. We got to be safe. We got to make sure these grades stay firm and steady. But when I grade these, if it's lower than a C, C or low, I would say a C minus is failing in my opinion. So think of it on a grade scale. You taking a test in college or high school, you know, 75 is a, my passing grade, not 65, 75 is my passing grade. So if you get a C minus, you fail. You get a C minus, you fail, in my opinion, because there's too many professional wrestling shows out there for your show to be lacking in any sense. And I think I hold my grades, grades, grading scale to a high value. I really do. I really do. I, I watch too much for it not to be on a high value. So I'm putting out a C plus. Oh, you're just passing Impact. So let's, let's stay on this right track. Let's stay on this right track. But good for them in this episode. All right, we're going to take a break, but then we're going to talk about some pro wrestling streaming services, some that I've used, some that I haven't, and uh, the direction that the WWE Network is going now heading to Peacock. Stick with us right here on the Daily DDT Podcast. On this day in pro wrestling history, on February 24th, 1997, ECW invaded WWF Raw at the Manhattan Center. Jerry Lawler became an outspoken critic of ECW and even made occasional appearances for the promotion and the rants they they reached a level so high that he even asked ECW to come to Monday Night Raw and Paul Heyman accepted that offer on the promotion's behalf Uh, Paul Heyman didn't come alone he didn't did bring the Blue World Order Taz uh, Dudley Boys New Jack Sabu Sandman Mikey Whipwreck and a couple others you know, those are the big names of ECW, if you remember, and uh, especially, you know, bringing over New Jack. That's a little scary. That's a little scary. Might actually stab somebody, but it's okay. Uh, this was a cross-promotion uh, idea for ECW's first ever pay-per-view, Barely Legal, that was going to come out in April of 1997. Uh, the episode was also the debut of Ken Shamrock and the return of the Legion of Doom. So, big episode for Monday Night Raw, but I don't believe they beat WCW in the ratings Uh, that day. On February 24th, 2014, the WWE Network was born. And although the WWE Network didn't get off to a great start with issues of signing up and quality issues of streaming, not to mention the non-stop $9.99, $9.99, make sure you get the WWE Network for $9.99, $9.99. I can say it a thousand times, and it wouldn't even come close to how many times they said it during that era, but, you know, they obviously wanted to sell that product. Uh, it was soon we realized that the WWE Network was the greatest professional wrestling library available to the paying customer. You know, they had their entire streaming library available, including old episodes of WCW, NWA, and many other regional platforms. Uh, since the WWE then, since then, the WWE has signed a one billion dollar deal, a five year deal with NBC Universal for the WWE Network to be provided through Peacock. WCW, uh, excuse me, NBC's streaming service, not WCW's, what am I saying? Uh, and, and that's really what I wanted to get into. I want, really wanted to talk about streaming services. I feel like this is a good day to do it, given that it is the, the anniversary of it. And, uh, you know, we use the WWE Network all the time, not just to watch our pay-per-views once a month on Sundays for WWE, but to look back and to look back on what we remember as a kid and what we remember 
uh, our favorite moments of professional wrestling. I know for a fact, I, I've gone back and watched a, a lot of WrestleMania 24 and 25 and 26 because for me, that was my childhood. That was really when I was super big into professional wrestling in a childhood sense, in a, in a childlike sense, in a way where I'm not looking at everything super analytical. I'm looking at it as if I'm a kid just watching professional wrestling to watch it, you know, not judging the 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 way that every match is made and you know the cinematic view of it just watching it just to be entertained which i feel like we all should uh but that's what i look back on i even look back even further to look at a lot of the undertaker streak matches because i really wanted to show that to my little brother for him to understand what the undertaker really was like before uh most recently because all he knows my my little brother's 13 years old and he just got into professional wrestling about a year or two ago and what he recognized the undertaker as as the old veteran the old man that's still coming back the gunslinger you know trying to stay alive in the wwe much like how i looked at rick flair for wrestlemania 24 in that build you know with him having the match with the mvp at the royal rumble and such so i wanted to show him what the undertaker really is like because for me undertaker was such an amazing figure of professional wrestling you know that's only some things you could do with that with streaming services that 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 really are aren't tangible you know you're not only are you giving the the full library but you're giving moments to people and uh, moments to relive and nostalgic moments as well not to mention all the tv shows wwe network provides but i will get into the network a little bit more in a bit i wanted to go outside in a sense look at other streaming services as well and what they offer and how they kind of work and how honestly they stack up to the wwe's and hint hint none of them really do uh impact plus that's where we get our uh, semi-pay-per-views we get we got no surrender we got genesis uh what was it, Final Revolution, Final Resolution, something like that we got, and now we're going to get Sacrifice coming up on March 13th, and, um, you know, it, it does its job as a streaming service, it, it's broken a couple times, not going to lie when I say that, because when Kenny Omega first found his way to Impact Wrestling, a lot of people wanted to watch, because he's the AEW guy, it broke Impact Plus really bad, I remember one time a lot of people were trying to get on, but they couldn't physically watch, because it overloaded the servers, I don't think even Impact expected how many people they were going to get from AEW trying to watch their guy, Kenny Omega, so... You know, that, that was a big problem there. And Impact, it's also just a little clunky. It's not as organized. It's not as neat as the WWE Network. But it does its job for Impact. We, we know what we see on TV all the time for Impact. So it sort of also correlates to the streaming service. But it does the job. It does what it needs to do. If you want to look back and find an Impact match or a TNA match, you know, you can find it on Impact Plus And they do a gen, generally good job of keeping everything relatively up to date. And they also have some top 10 moments, stuff like that. But I don't believe they have any shows like the network does, uh, you know, like like highlights and podcasts and all stuff like that. The network has really turned into a beast of its own. And then looking at Ring of Honor, they have Honor Club. And once again, a little clunky, but still does its job. And you can find old matches as, as well. But the main thing about Honor Club, it's, it's sort of more than a streaming service. It's actually like a fan club that gets you exclusive deals, exclusive merch, exclusive things that you can buy. Like I remember they were giving, or selling micro fit, uh, micro brawlers, which I'm trying to get myself into trying to collect some micro brawlers. Don't tell nobody, but I'm trying to collect more of those. And the only way I could have bought the, the housing one was I had to be an honor club member. And I was, but then I wasn't, I, I, got, I got off of it because 
you know, there wasn't as many pay-per-views as I realized, and, you know, I stay on and off with it. Uh, I do watch Ring of Honor all the time, but I don't know if that was worth it for the $10 a month that I was going to pay for Honor Club, so uh, I stay on and off with it, but I do like the idea of having a fan club aspect of it, which is why I'm now going to bring up AEW. Where's AEW streaming service? They don't have one, but they don't really have a lot of content either. They don't have a ton of stuff. They've, they've been around for, what, is it two years now? One and a half years? So, uh, you know, it's not like you have a ton of things to show if you're AEW. WWE's been around forever, and they have all this archive footage of not only themselves, but WCW and everything else. So, obviously, having that service is fantastic. And Impact and TN, Impact slash TNA have a ton of uh, product of their own. So, they, they would like to have a streaming service as well. AEW, not ready just yet. Not ready just yet. And uh, but I think they could take a hint from Ring of Honor and Honor Club by having a like a general fan club that would be very strong as well. You know, I guess maybe Ring of Honor, since it's obviously smaller than AEW, it's more of like a homey feel. AEW also sort of does have that homey feel as well. I feel like not to the extent of Ring of Honor, but there's that very, very tight, tight fan base of AEW. You know, WWE. You know, you have your hardcore fans, you have your casual fans, and but that's WWE. They're so renowned that they have casual fans. AEW doesn't have a ton of casual fans unless they are WWE fans, but they also barely watch AEW here. But they, from time to time, they keep tabs, or you're really all in on AEW. There's not a lot of professional wrestling fans out there that were first introduced to pro wrestling just through AEW itself. So, you know, having a fan club really would, I feel like, niche a lot of people together. They already do a great job with AEW heels, so why not do one for the general public? Heels is for the women in uh, professional, wrestling, professional wrestling fans, which I think is fantastic, but well, I feel like a general one would be awesome as well. I have Fight TV here on my list, but it's kind of different. It's not really a stream. It is a streaming service, but it's a streaming service for kind of everybody. It's, it's everybody's streaming service, so, uh, you know, multiple promotions run through it. Uh, I know... Uh, that's how I watch my Ring of Honor through Fight TV. And uh, obviously, New Japan has their own. All Japan Pro Wrestling has their own. I personally do not watch a lot of New Japan Pro Wrestling. I cover... I, I, would, I think I would be stretching myself a little too thin if I covered uh, more than just American promotions. I do want to... I'd still give breaking news about New Japan Pro Wrestling and all, all that stuff because I know how important it is to you, the, the fan. But personally, I do not watch as much as I think I should. And uh, I, I do need to get a little bit more invested. But um, also, I, I'm still sticking with the Americanized stuff of it because that's just what I've grown up on. And that's sort of been my cup of tea uh, throughout my professional wrestling fandom. But talking about the WWE Network now and Peacock, uh, the main issue I'm wondering about... One is how well is all the of the library going to transfer over from the network that we know now to Peacock? Uh, how is all this money service going to work? How is all the logistics of it going to be? And also, uh, are we going to have the same interface that we have on the WWE Network also on Peacock? I'm not sure if we will. Um, I mentioned this in a couple podcasts back, talking about the search engine on Peacock, when you search up a famous uh, comedian or a famous celebrity or someone that obviously has a lot of content, like Amy Schumer or something like that, uh, not a lot pops up when you type their name in. But if you go on the WWE Network and you type in a very obscure name, someone that's barely wrestled any matches for the WWE or even in 
and other promotions for that matter matter you you get a wide variety of options as minute as oh we wrote a wrote an article about them a couple uh, years back we have a small clip of their promo we have you know photos they try to give you as much as they can even if it's not a lot but they try they at least they give you the effort it like i'm scared that let's say you type in john cena into nbc peacock and they give you nothing like that is my biggest fear that is absolutely my biggest fear because if that goes to waste i might have to get myself a vpn and start working the wwe network again through because it's only peacock is only in the u.s for uh, the network stuff is only in the u.s so I might have to get a VPN and pretend I'm from UK or pretend I'm from somewhere else to, to still get the interface that I that I'm know and I'm used to and is extremely reliable in the network as it is currently. So very, very strong, the WWE Network. Obviously, you know, Vince McMahon built up a streaming service and was one of the first ones to do it. Was one of the first, a lot of people didn't understand what the WWE Network was until it happened. When you heard, the, I, a lot of people when they first heard the WWE Network, they actually probably thought it was going to be a TV channel that you would click on your TV, you would type in the number and on your remote, and the, you have the WWE Network. They're going to show WWE stuff all the time, but no, it was a streaming service, and at the time. Uh, having personalized streaming services wasn't as prevalent as it is now. Now you have streaming services for anything you ever want. You have the Netflixes, the Hulus, the Disney Plus, the Paramount, the Peacocks. The, I can go on and on and on for for months talking about how many streaming services as there there is now. But WWE was one of the first, one of the first, and with the library that they had at the time and continued to grow, a smart move by Vince and a, a billion dollar move at that, literally because of how much. Uh, NBC Universal paid just for to have it for five years, just to have it. You know, which is uh, the main reason the network is on Peacock now is to try and bolster up Peacock to try and compete with the likes of Hulu and the Netflixes and the Paramounts of the world and the HBO Maxes. You know, they they need a reason for people to sign up to Peacock other than the NBC shows that they have. So the network is obviously a reason. That's a probably what. How much are, are you gonna get from the network? You know, I currently as it stands, what gonna have a little under two million. So that's a number. That's a number. Maybe a little bit over half go over to Peacock because we don't know how many current users are just ghost users, if you will. And but but Peacock has has a good amount of numbers there already. I believe they have around twenty two million current users peacock so it could go in the way of a peacock's favorite could go not for, for nbc universal but either way i think wwe wins in this case hands down if, if it doesn't work out how much what did they lose they gained a billion dollars for five years and if it does work out they gain a lot more fans through peacock for people saying oh i, I remember the wwe i'll go check it out and see what it looks like now so uh yeah, hopefully they watch NXT or SmackDown first and not Raw, because that that would be a, a scary case. That would be a scary case. All right, we're gonna talk about next episode a little bit. AEW uh, tonight. So is NXT. Uh, Britt Baker versus Nyla Rose in the AEW Women's Eliminator Tournament. Sting looking for payback against Brian Cage. John Moxley's John Moxley versus Ryan Nemeth. Ray Phoenix versus Lance Archer. Hanging Adam Page versus Isaiah Cassidy. Team Taz versus the Varsity Blondes and Jake Hager versus Brandon. Cutler, I love how AEW just gives you their whole card. They just say, here, here is the whole show. So, no matter what, you know what's going to happen. Hopefully, you hope you fall in at the uh, right time. And I wonder 
uh, what are the odds if the Britt Baker Nyla Rose match happens at 9:20 on the dot? Uh, for NXT, Santos Escobar faces Karrion Cross in a no disqualification match, not for the NXT Cruiserweight Championship. Uh, this was taken on and off, on and off cards, and uh, this helps me believe that Karrion Cross probably going to pick up the win here given the fact that it's not a title match. So Santos Escobar obviously would keep the belt. Uh, but we'll see where they go from there. I think Karrion Cross does need gold on him sometime soon, given that he never lost the NXT championship, just had to drop it because of injury. Big news, Adam Cole vows to explain his actions, obviously the actions of betraying the Undisputed Era not once, but twice. Uh, Johnny, Gargano, Johnny Gargano versus Dexter Loomis in a non-title match. And Casey Catanzaro versus Zaya Lee. And also one more match, Grizzled Young Veterans versus Killian Dane and Drake Mavericks. I, I record these pretty late. I record these pretty late because I have to watch all the impact. I got to make sure I got everything straightened out with that. I got to go through my whole list, everything I got here. So I, I record these pretty late, but I do it for you, the fan. And I definitely appreciate you listening on the Daily DDT Podcast, uh, we, we've been doing this every day. I believe this is now my 16th day in a row, and I'm feeling great. I'm feeling absolutely fantastic. Let's see, Call me again in a week and tell me how I feel, uh, but I think I'll still feel great because I'm doing what I love, and I'm loving you guys for listening. But that's all for me. You can cast this podcast on all your favorite providers. Make sure you subscribe on Apple Podcasts so you never miss an episode, and remember you can ask your smart device to play the Daily DDT Podcast. If you like content like this, check out our fantastic writers at DailyDDT.com. They honestly do, uh, they carry that website. The the writers do an absolutely fantastic job. And also uh, on Twitter, we live tweet throughout Raw, uh, NXT, AW, and SmackDown, and all the pay-per-views and stuff like that. Uh, I don't run the Twitter account, so whatever is said is not my view. And obviously they have differed plenty of times with the live twitter says and what i say because i i go to bat for wwe a lot a lot of people don't but i i still do i still do but that's usually how it goes if you want to check us out there that is at fansided ddt on twitter and if you want to hear more from me follow me on twitter and instagram at jaden becker tv i'll see you tomorrow with another episode of the daily ddt podcast